Back to the Leba Business Hour on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. This segment sponsored by Integrated Behavioral Health Services. Welcome back to the Leva Business Hour. I was not paying attention and had to come running back into the studio. So uh, we're a little behind. Welcome back. Uh, this segment is sponsored by Integrated Behavioral Health Services, building a stronger, healthier community through advocacy, inclusion, perseverance, unity, and compassion. Learn more at ibhealthservices.com. See, that's what happens when the board chair shows up. You uh, go out and you chit chat with them, and then all of a sudden you run in, you come running in late. So uh, this second segment, I'm pretty excited about this segment because I've got my good friend Debbie Brem here from Brem Enterprises. Debbie, welcome to the Leba Business Hour. Thanks for the invitation. I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm excited because the Brem family has such a deep history in the city of Lincoln. And um, I was very, very lucky to have known your father and, and all the things that he did. So, Let's just talk a little bit about the history of Brem Enterprises, because I think it's just a fascinating industry. And when people say Brem Enterprises, I don't think they really know what that means, but uh, unless they really know you and they know Russell. So talk about the, the Brem Enterprise empire in Lincoln, so to speak. Well, actually, we started out as Douglas Theater Company. Um, Brem Enterprises came about much later. Uh, Douglas Theater Company was the movie theaters that Dad started back in 1950. His first theater opened in 1952, excuse me, 1953, up in Omaha, and that's where the name Douglas Theaters came from. Was uh, it was the site? Douglas County was the site of the first uh, drive-in theater. That's where the name Douglas came from. And wow, so, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. See, there's a little history I didn't even know, but I I knew you guys had the Douglas Theaters, which then kind of evolved into. Brem Enterprises, right. but you had theaters in both Omaha and Lincoln. Was there anywhere else? In Bellevue, and originally Dad had drive-in theaters in Texas as well, but they were too far away to, to be able to manage and to check on because the flights were yeah. very limited going to and from Texas at that time back in the 50s, and so he ended up selling those. Wow, so drive-in theaters led to indoor all the theaters, theaters the indoor theaters mm-hmm. in, in Lincoln, and so... Um, how long did you guys have the theaters in Lincoln then? Uh, well, we he started in 1953 for the first one at 84th and O, and then when we sold to Marcus, um, it was in 2008. Oh my gosh! So, so it was quite a while. Yeah, a we, good almost 30 year run. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a great industry to be in, and uh, when we sold during our peak, we were 34th largest theater company in North America. Wow. And then when we sold, we were 42nd because the big the big conglomerates were continuing to build and get larger and larger. And mm-hmm. we were extremely competitive, but we also knew the fact that 
our base was shrinking. And, you know, because there were things, when Blockbuster came out and people started being able to get those videos and take them home and watch, people decided that's what they wanted to do. And then there was people starting to watch on their their phones, watch on their computers, and the base was shrinking. Even my own kids weren't going to the movie as often as they used to. And that was just, we could see it was a, probably an opportune time for us to sell. So we sold at our peak, which was in 2008. Well, but I think it's, that's, that's pretty telling, though, for Lincoln to be, you know, 32nd, mm -hmm. 43rd, um, to be in the market that Lincoln's in and to be one of the top 50 markets in the United States, that's, that's no short task. I don't think because our population, I mean, when you guys started, our population was probably just under 200,000. Oh, I'm sure. Or, you know, smaller than that. maybe 175. Yeah. And, and as Lincoln grew, but still, you know, you think about the Chicago's and the Denver's and the Kansas cities and all those, to be in that realm, I think that's that, that that's a tribute to what you guys did to bring people into the theaters. One of Dad's theaters was the, the Q Twin Drive-In at 120th and Q, and it it housed 1,200 cars. It was the largest drive-in between Chicago and L.A. in the country. 1,200 cars. Mm -hmm. Goodness gracious, that's like going to a Nebraska volleyball game or something. Yeah, it was well, huge. not quite, but pretty close. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was quite large. Amazing. That's awesome. So, um. Your dad, I I talk about your dad all the time to you, which is fun because yeah, like having having known Russell, and I will just tell you that uh, you are in a lot of ways a spitting image of your father, which is That's kind a of fun. Which Thanks, I think is I, I agree it is a huge compliment. But mostly when uh, watching football games, I remember uh, the first time I I went to a game with you when I first started at Leba, uh, you had a reaction to one of the plays. And you slammed your hands down and you yelled, come on, you guys. And all I could see was your dad in the up there in the stadium doing the exact <laughs> same thing. It was absolutely hilarious. So so uh, talk a little bit about um, your dad was involved in a lot of things in our community. So what were some of the things that, that he really invested his time and effort in? to help Lincoln be a better community. Cause I think that's, that's one of the things that I love about these long time, uh, local businesses is their investment in the community. It's not just about their business. It's a bigger, it's a bigger picture, right? Well, he was really strong on downtown. Uh, and that was because downtown used to be, the, you know, the, the, the mega center of Lincoln and it's really not as much as it used to be, but because uh, all the businesses were here, and he was very invested in downtown and felt it was important to keep a downtown strong, and as well as the university. He was huge on the university, but he was a, a large contributor to the lead Center when it was first built. He was a, a contributor to uh, the Cornhusker Hotel when it was originally built. He was an investor in that because he felt it was important to have uh, amenities like that in downtown to keep it strong, and always felt that we had to have a theater presence, and when they first started trying to bring a comeback to the to downtowns, if you recall, uh, that's when he he bit the bullet and decided we were going to uh, build the Grand downtown. Nobody in the industry was building anything in downtowns anymore. They were going to the suburbs, mm -hmm. and he felt with strong feelings for keeping downtown going. And so we were probably the first one of the major projects in downtown. And really, when you thought about it, you had the Children's Museum to bring people downtown, and then we built the Grand to bring people downtown. And other things have built now, and that was prior to the Haymarket taking off. Yeah. So that was a way of making sure that, that Lincoln stayed uh, invested in their city. 
That's awesome. And it, it's funny because Nicholas, who was on, on the first segment, uh, we were talking before we went on the air and he said, well, who else do you have it? And I said, well, I'm having my friend Debbie Brem from Brem Enterprises. And I said, you probably don't know Brem Enterprises, but they were the, the ones that had the theaters here in Lincoln. And, the, and, and this is kind of a, I think a lot of people, when they talk about the theaters, he goes, oh man, I used to love going to the Starship. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I mean, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those things. It's sure. very memorable. And um, I mean, I remember my brother and I used to go to the Starship on holidays when I was home during college. Um, so like on Thanksgiving, we do Thanksgiving with family and then we'd go to a movie. And then right. on Christmas, we'd do Christmas and then we'd go to a movie. So it was, it was just a really fun thing. Now, think about the evolution of a theater since you built your first uh, indoor theater here in Lincoln. Uh, it, it's really changed. Um, going to a movie now is such a different experience. It really is. It has to be completely different than when we started. Uh, people, if you remember, people used to really dress formally to go to the movies too. Yeah, now, you know? it was a big it, thing, uh-huh. kind of like when they got on airplanes. Yeah, and now it's totally different. And, you know, they, they have a lot of different amenities that have to be offered. You know, a lot of different foods have to be offered, uh, different sound system. And we tried to do all of that. We replicated all of that when we sold. And things today uh, continue to evolve. I know that there's better seating, uh you know, better concession items, more to pick from. But it's in a very expensive thing. You have to plan it. It's an event. It's not necessarily just, like you said, to go out on a It weekend. really go, is. It, you have to really plan ahead for it because it's a pretty expensive thing. But it's a lot of fun to still Well, go. and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, um, but like, the, the, let's just talk about the chairs. I mean, I think the first time I went to a Douglas Theater, it was, it was kind of what I would call like an old Devaney style chair. Sure. Remember, you, you and I can talk sports. Mm, yeah. uh, the old Devaney chair that just flipped up and you at know, least it was padded. Yeah, though. come on, the Devaney Yes, weren't. they were padded. That's true. <laughs> but you know, a little girl like you know your little kid, you had to hold it down for him Definitely. so it didn't snap him back. Which is one of the reasons that I located a company that had those booster seats yeah. because the booster seats would hold the seat down. Because yeah. otherwise, when I had children, I realized the problems that people with kids had. Yeah. We put in... The, and now there are recliners. Yeah. It's like, I, I have a hard time staying awake at movies now. <laughs> because you put me in a recliner, you'll let me recline back. That thing sucks you in. And it's like, I'm ready for a nap. <laughs> so, I mean, but those th- kind of things have, have evolved a ton. And then also, you kind of touched on just the amenities that are there. I mean... You can literally go to the theater and have dinner. That's right. While you you're have, watching a movie. I mean, you can have foods. chicken strips and pizzas and burgers. And I mean, we go to South Point a lot because it's the area of town we're in. And it's like, oh my God, we could, you know, it's almost like going out to a restaurant and a movie. So it's, it's quite the experience now. We had one up in Omaha that uh, was in Midtown and they actually would, waitress would serve your food to you in the auditorium itself really uh-huh. you should tell them that of course with workforce it might be hard to find yeah people, i'm so. sure it's probably much but, more but yeah it's just it's, it's really evolved so so what do you do as brem enterprises now what's your well, what, what's your deal so to speak or what are you guys involved in well when we sold to marcus back in 2008 we did keep some of the real estate and we also had a lot of other real estate ourselves and that's kind of what we do is uh, we invest in certain projects most of them are ours uh, uh, we have some other buildings that we that we kind of um, 
build to suit. Mostly commercial exactly, type commercial. real estate. So One of the largest ones that actually is not a BRIM Enterprises project, but it's, it's a BRIM Holdings, which is with my children, and that's Woof, the, our dog daycare. And that was something that Garrett Morgan built five years ago. And so they're, they're just as interested in developing real estate as I am. Oh, that's great. It's great that it's great to see how involved Garrett and Morgan are in the business. I mean, knowing, you know, Russell and then mm-hmm. you, and I know Mary Jo, your sister's yeah. kind of involved mm-hmm. and now Garrett and Morgan, it's, you've, you've really kind of passed that down over generations, which is, which is really cool because sometimes at a certain point it kind of misses, but you guys have been able to kind of keep it going. How, how, how have you done that with involving your kids and how did you get your kids involved in that? Well, we're just an entrepreneurial family and also it's kind of fun. Um, I was a, a member of Libus when it was started in 1980. I joined in 1983. So when my kids were born in 90 and 91, I started taking their, all the Libus things with me because I was going. So they just kind of grew up going to going to Libus and, and learning more about businesses. And I think that they just learned from, from the experiences that I you know, brought them to. Very good. And uh, so you you mentioned Brem Holdings. You have Wolf down there on uh, South 14th yeah. Street, just yeah. south of Southwest 14th High and School. Infinity, yeah. Yeah, 14th and Infinity. They do dog daycare and grooming, and, and there's a vet clinic attached and, there, boarding, so it's boarding. And, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very, it's a niche market. It really is. But people love their dogs, and we've really realized that. So this is a one-stop shop to have all those all those things going in one place. You know, if somebody has to take their dog for in for shots, they can leave it there during the day while they go to work and be on the wolf side being day in daycare, and then somebody will just bring it over to the clinic as soon as it's they have an opening. Well, and that's, that's really nice. Um, so yesterday, uh, my wife was out of town. She was attending a funeral. The dog had a grooming appointment, so I was now in charge of getting the dog to the grooming. Uh, barely made it in time. Um, but she was able to do some things with the, do- on the dog daycare side after she was groomed, right. uh, cause we weren't able to pick her up later in the afternoon. So that was kind of a, uh, a really neat thing. So, um, we're going to talk a little bit, we're going to take a break here in just a minute, Debbie. Okay. Um, but I'm going to have you come back after the break. Cause I want to talk a little bit more Lebo with you because, sure. um, I don't know that there's very many people that, uh, love Leba more than you do or that do as much to try to help grow Leva as you do. So um, we'll do that, but let's finish up, wrap up. uh, Anything else you want to talk about, about Brim Holdings, the Brim family legacy, any of that? Brag on your dad a little bit. Yeah, I would like to say something about my dad. I think it's kind of interesting. He was a team manager of the football team in 1940 and 41, and when they went to the Rose Bowl. That's the first time they went to the Rose Bowl. uh And so he, he rode the train out to the Rose Bowl, and then when we played again in 2002, we the whole family went out. Um, and only two people that they ever talked about on the radio had attended, both of them, and there probably were others, was my dad and Ed Schwarzkopf. And those two were then kind of were interviewed a little bit about seeing the difference between the, the 40, 41 and the 2002 trip. So I thought that was interesting. That's wild. So since you brought that up, i gotta I got to share this. So... Um, when we went out there in 02, I was still working in the athletic department. And um, the summer before that, um, we always did our Husker Legends golf tournament. And we always used to bring back former players, and we would pair them up with a team. And we did 
we did two tournaments every year. We did one in Omaha and the other one, I think that year was in Columbus. And I mean, we, in Columbus, we had 72 teams. So we had a morning session and an afternoon session. And ironically, when I got home from Columbus that night, the girl I was dating and I went to a movie and I crashed at Edgewood. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I remember that like yesterday, but there was a gentleman that played on the 41 team that played on that Rose Bowl team. And he was the only person that was still alive that played on the team at the time. And so we had him out there and then he came out to the Rose Bowl, the guys that he played with in the golf tournament. When we go into the Rose Bowl, they set it up to take him, I think, and a family member or two out. Like they took him out as their guest because they wanted him to be there. And I remember his name was Herm Rorig. So uh, he was a player. So that's kind of a neat connection to the... The two Rose Bowls, so that was kind of fun. I would like to tell you one more thing that you'll probably find interesting. As team manager, uh, Dad was on the sidelines, and the referees would write on a piece of paper what yard line the ball was sitting on because they didn't have any of the technology they have. And he'd they'd hand it to Dad. He'd run over to the announcer's stand, which was kind of like on those you see in those county fairs now those like boxes, little, those basically a boxes. table with a microphone. Yeah, yeah and he. And they'd be up, they'd be elevated, and so they had they drop a string down that had a clothespin on the end, and he'd hook that piece of paper on the end of the clothespin. They'd haul it up, and that's how they would read what what yard line the ball was sitting on. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! Kind of like the old restaurants where they have a little thing where they clip it and they zing it, right. zing it across. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Very good. Well, I'm sure we could talk that all oh, day. Oh, I but, know we sure um, could. We're going to take a break. I'll have you come back, and we'll talk a little bit more uh, about Leba. This great. is Debbie Brim with Deb Brim Enterprises. We'll have her back after the break. We'll talk a little bit of Leba. Uh, we'll be back on the Leba Business Hour on 93.7 The Ticket.